This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 340, brought to you by Graphically and iFanboy members like you. Welcome to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 340. What'd I do? I don't, I am, I don't know why it's funny, but it is. <laughs> it was. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I can't explain it. <laughs> it, was a little, uh, it was a little cranky. It was a little cranky. Was it? Yeah. I, was, I thought it was peppy. It was I'm cranky, Josh Flanagan. Peppy, so, you know. Uh, I'm here with Ron Richards. Hey. And Connor Kilpatrick. Hi. At iFanboy.com, we like comics. We read comics and every week we read a bunch of comics and then one of us picks the one that they write that is the best one we call that the pick of the week they write about on the website we talk about it here in the podcast or along with all the other topics and things that we uh that we come up with uh before we get to the show a little reminder there's going to be spoilers in the show we're going to talk about what happens in the comics so if you're not cool with that off you go wow you snapped that's right (laughs) this this week uh this week uh my good friend has the pick well, like, <laughs> I can't do it. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. Um, you know, in my review, so the pick of the week this week was Saga number four, because, you know, sometimes you got to go with the popular opinion. Um, <laughs> That's all you did. I just, you looked at the, the percentage when you felt safe. <laughs> then I went with it. No, Cut um, and paste. But uh, keen listeners of the pick of the week podcast to last week's episode should notice a little Easter egg in my review where I talked about how I think about superhero comics. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody picked up on that. I was so mad. But, um, but yeah, so like I mentioned, uh, Saga number four by Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples gets pick of the week. So four issues have come out of Saga and three have been pick of the week. Yes. Correct. Yes. That just gives you an example of what kind of quality juggernaut Saga is. Um, or the opposite. It's hard to say. <laughs> um, I had a I had a ton of it was a big week this week it was a big big week this week and I had a ton of books and I'm going through and I read and I read Saga like first because it's a book, one of the books I'm most excited for and I was like man that was really good I'm like but I can't pick Saga again I went through my whole stack and I had a couple of contenders and I'm like you know it's Saga I just can't I can't deny it how great Saga is and when you open up that first page that gives you a little taste of what's to come. <laughs> Boy, you weren't expecting that, were you? <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> so, and, and and the thing about Saga that that I love is just how personable it is. You know, and 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 it's that mix of and I wrote about it in the review on ifanboy.com, it's that mix between alien weird science fiction stuff that Brian K. Vaughan is inventing in his head and Fiona Staples is making come to life and common relatable familiar things that are that are like our you know lives here on earth um, you know so in this particular case in this issue uh, this issue really focuses it kind of it, it kind of zeroes in only on kind of two kind of settings we've got um the the bounty hunter with uh, with the big cat as a sidekick uh, the will uh, he is showing up on a what is essentially a pleasure pl- planet you know like it looks like a, a whorehouse planet and uh, that's why the first page is is we if you haven't seen it oh it's worth it um, yeah the planet is called Sextillion and they're just two uh, women's heads on legs creepy uh, creepy creepy as really hell. creepy yeah, yeah really creepy with like fishnet stockings and and stripper uh, uh, shoes and yeah anyway um, so we've got the will on the pleasure planet. Um, and then at the same time, we've got our protagonists, um, Alana and Marco, the the couple, the new parents who are on the run um, as they're trying to get away. And really, it's a very quiet, it's a very quiet, small bat- amount of time passing issue um, because you really only have the two scenes in this issue. Um, Marco and Alana, Alana are um, Marco has just recovered from the injury that he got in the in the last in, in was it the last issue? It was the last issue, yep. and um, and while he was you know in you know in delirious uh, pain, he muttered the name of another woman, and so this issue is the argument between Alana and Marco as he explains who she was and who she what she meant to him, and we find out more about his past. And what I thought what was great about that is that you've got a character who has got horns for a head, and another character who's got wings, and and there's a, a floating specter ghost of an of a of a little girl, and it's about as alien as it can get. Yet I've seen this argument mm-hmm. on Dawson's Creek. Yes, <laughs> no, but I mean, but it's this, this kind of melodrama that is just so again relatable, and that is just like and and the way Brian Kane Brian K. Vaughan writes it, combined with Fiona Staples' art, which is just like. Talk about acting, and and this issue, I really, I really zoned in on the eyes. It's all about the eyes with Fiona Staples. Have you noticed that, like, she can get across such an emotion or such a reaction with just you know by changing the angle of the eye or changing you know or making you know an exasperated look or an angry look or a surprised look or a sad look. Um, you know, I was really, really impressed with that with this issue. Um, so you've got that with Alana and Marco, and then on the other side of the fence, you've got the Will on the Pleasure Planet. And I'm not really sure why he was there. You know, he needed, he needed some R and R. Needed some R and R, and he ends up getting taken by the um, by the uh, he's smoking a joint, walking around all the people doing it, and um, and then he gets pulled into a special VIP kind of area. He gets pulled in by a uh, I don't know what's the male. Uh, I guess a, a, a not pimp, gonna, a not gonna work here anymore. Um, 
and brings him in. He's going to give him a special a special slave girl, and it's a six-year-old girl. And so the whale turns around and squashes the head of the, the pimp and, just, <laughs> and saves the girl, you know. And so you get you get this sense, and you get this sense of humanity, and it's kind of layered in with the, with the ethereal narration of the baby that was born as she's looking back when she's older, the handwriting narration. Um and you know, saying that while this guy is a is we you know we don't know much about this bounty hunter, and we you know we get an idea that he's good at what he does, and she explains that you know you, you know um, he she says he was a fucking monster, but we see this side of right and wrong and the side of doing the right thing that he gives us to the point where you're you know like I was rooting for him, I was like great that's you know like that that's the right thing to do there that you know um, what I think is interesting is we don't really know. Uh, I guess from a point of view perspective, who's good and bad. We know that some characters think another character is bad, but that's sort of irrelevant, and I feel like they're playing with that a little bit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like... Like the the will has been set up to great name has been set up to be a a an adversary, but but you know maybe he's not. Maybe maybe like there's no good and bad in any of these conflicts, sort of, because the one planet's fighting the other planet, and neither of them know why anymore. So right. I feel like that's all part of it. I don't know. Yeah, and, and we don't we don't and we still don't know. We know that the you know that Alana and Marco are marked people because they're you know their two races aren't supposed to you know be together and the the war the two sides of the war in factions and now the baby is a target and you know we get a sense of danger with the with the bounty hunters the fact that we know there's at least two bounty hunters after them. We don't know whether the will is going to save them or be the one to turn them in. Like we just don't know, and that's the other aspect of saga that I love, which is that every time I get an issue, I don't know what to expect. I don't know what's coming. Well, even even in terms of like like the first issue is all about their their endless love or whatever, but in this one, you know, Mark has been lying to her. Yeah. So what else are we going to find out? It's kind of it's kind of cool like that. And that all in that sense, it makes it more like a real relationship. He's got secrets, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. He's not perfect. He, and and in the other hand, he, his lie wasn't really a bad lie. It wasn't no, like, yeah. like he's like 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 they said, it wasn't really relevant to their life anymore. It was well, someone I, he lo- loved in the past. I mean, it's like, I mean, it, it wasn't so much a lie, for, you know, from a certain point of it's view. Live omission yeah. from a certain point of view. Yes, I understand. What you're saying. <laughs> yeah. so you're I'm not just even for one you guys to get personal. <laughs> the best part, the best part of this issue hasn't even been mentioned yet, which was the letters page. The letters page. Was, the letters page would have earned it the pick of the week honors on its own. I oh, think. you think so? Yeah, because. <laughs> It's it's pure Brian K. Vaughn's voice. It's not him yeah. writing through a character. It's just him being funny and delightful. And it was just him going through the results of his uh, reader survey. And it was just it was great. It was, it, it, there's, there's nothing bad about this book from start to finish. The letters column to everything about it. What what actually cracked me up and like the 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 period punctuation point at the end of the issue when I laughed was at the very end of the um, letters column as he kind of writes and says goodbye and then he signs it off. I miss you so much, Brian. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, he misses me." <laughs> but um but yeah, no, all in all, in, you know, in terms of a 2.99 package, Saga just continues to deliver. It's delivering, you know, like I've really, you know, really really and I talked about it on the show last week, I think. I'm I'm loving the more science fiction books that we're getting. I'm loving the fact that it, it's unexpected and it's new and it's not like the same old kind of thing that we've just seen over and over again and and again, you you know, like I, I give Connor, I give you credit for way back calling Fiona Staples as being somebody to watch out for. She just, I was there too. She was just uh, who were you again? I was actually him and I were both reading that book. We said right. That. Connor said it. Connor said it. I actually, yeah. it's not. It was you. Go ahead. It's okay. fine. It okay. doesn't matter. Well, Connor, Connor, calling out Fiona Staples. No problem. No. As, <laughs> um, uh, I mean, she just is, and is as. Twisted and bizarre. I mean, like in one scene when he's walking around the the pleasure planet, there there's a bunch of dudes in a human pe- naked dudes with marching ba- band hats on doing a pyramid, getting whipped. Like it was just <laughs> like like this is just, this stuff is crazy, and it's just like and it's done in a way that is recognizable and understandable, but also so out there where it's just like you got to look at it twice and be like, what you know? So. Um, you know, we, did, we 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 had sex already in this comic with the the TV head people early on, but yeah. I didn't expect full on penetration. Yeah, there you go. Didn't expect it. Yep. So don't have a problem with it, but didn't expect it. <laughs> I thought <laughs> it, it was a bargain. Bit of a surprise. Oh. <laughs> but um, but yeah, and some of the stuff in the in those when he's walking around the page when he's smoking the joint, it's just some weird stuff going on there. <laughs> uh, oh, and I just saw the dinosaur penis. <laughs> <laughs> 
or whatever that is. But um, but yeah, this book is great. It's not for kids, obviously, but for us adults, it is uh, fantastic. So um, so yeah, so, so so I just couldn't, you know, when we get down to the pick of the week percentages, you'll see exactly how many of you agreed with me on Saga. But it's it's just it's a it's a juggernaut. It is just it is probably hands down, you know, right now one of the best comics being published right now. And it's doing actually doing well, yeah. sales wise, successful. Yeah. It's good, good to see. Yeah, which is just wonderful. So, um, so yeah, so saga, saga number four. I mean, it's still early. Only four issues in. You can still jump on if you haven't. If you, I mean, there was somebody at my shop um, who uh, who isn't buying it because he didn't like the end of Ex Machina. And I, we were all <laughs> yelling. Ridiculous. We're like, "You're missing out! You're missing out!" <laughs> so, um, but you know, it's it's really. I mean, it just it blew me blew me away. And I, like, and I and it's tough because you don't want to. You know, we'd already written about it twice. We already talked about it twice. I already picked it once. You know, <laughs> so it's it's. But you, oh, did I pick it or no? I didn't. Did Josh do the second? Oh, right. Josh did the second yeah. one. Yeah. No, I wrote. Thanks the, for taking credit for another thing. <laughs> I wrote the. I wrote the answer review, and Connor, you wrote the other two reviews. Okay. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we we've all picked it. Everyone who matters at iFanboys picked it. Yeah. Um. So you should be reading it as well too. Connor, can you tell Ron the next time he does a script to not put all of his picks at the beginning in one chunk and to switch them up a little bit? <laughs> all right. Well, let, let's let's go off script then, Josh. Why don't you take it from here? All right. My pick of the week was probably Reed Gunther number ten. Yep. Uh, it was probably not uh, hurt by the fact that they sent us what is a, a video that's probably better than anything we've ever posted video-wise on oh, our website. Not probably, probably. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, either way, it got it got me very excited for the issue, and I read it, and I thought that it just uh, it it sort of blew away my expectations. This is the last issue for the foreseeable future, and Which for that, I, I blame. Hmm? It's a shame that it's the last issue. I blame the readers. Yes, I just I want people listening here who have heard us say it's real good and then never even bothered to try it. Uh, it's your fault uh, that uh, the joy has to die. Yep. <laughs> uh, what we have here is a situation where uh, we had left off and Sterling the Bear had been uh, taken over by a demon and, and uh, Reed decided that the best way to, to get him out of it was to make a deal with the devil. Uh, but he decides at the last second that not only should Sterling be freed of this uh, of this demon, but he should also get the jar of the world's best pickles, and he, <laughs> and his uh, his lady friend should have uh, a machete that never uh, dulls. And and he say, he's like, sounds like a good deal. I'm going to sign that deal. And then uh, you know the devil tricks him because that's what happens. And there's a big fight. But the, for me, and I was like, this is all fun, whatever. And then it turns out that that Reed has to fight the demon in his own mind. And that's when it got crazy. Because, that's when it got really fun for me because uh, basically the, the explains of you never fought in the mind before. You're used to fighting the real world. And Reed's like, oh, it's about imagination. And you turn the page to this amazing double-page spread that is, that is Reed's uh, whole imaginative uh, way to fight the, fight the bad guy. You've got cows with Gatling guns scrapped to their back. And you've got, you know, he has the Statue of Liberty's torch arm. And a machete in the one hand, and all the bullets have faces, and it was just this big old fun imaginative page. Uh, and then the whole thing was kind of was a big fight, and and uh, it was it was a really good time. It was it did feel like a culmination to this was the probably the best issue that they've done because they just got to put everything into it. And and if you sort of see the enthusiasm that they brought to that video, for example, uh, well because they're young, you know, they still have a lot of energy. Um, it was just a really really nice issue, um, and I blame you. Everyone. Hey. Not well. You can well, buy it either. But you can blame Connor. It's okay. Um, they are so like Shane and Chris Houghton are so much fun. Like you watch the video, you see them. Like and when I interviewed them at Ape last year, it's like they they just and they and like very rarely do I actually see creators translate their fun personalities so much into a book. Yeah, we've seen the opposite. Yes, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, but this is this is just an absolute shame that that it's ending here. And I hope that they come back and do more. I've heard you know they're going to go off and do. They've got bigger, better plans. And they've got things to do, and their you know their careers are going to do well and all that sort of stuff. And we're hoping they. I hope they do another book. But man, this um, Regunther was was really something special. Yeah, it's sort of a comic for anybody. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it was a good time. Yeah. Too bad. Well, um, well, there were uh, there. I- were- I heard, I heard from a guy that I know that that some other guy I know really didn't like the comedian number one. 
Oh, we're this just really, we're just really blowing off the script, aren't we? <laughs> oh, I, you know, what? <laughs> you know, my mind. The, 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 the funny thing. thing is, is that I had a whole plan. This is all the script was done for a reason, uh, you know. But I indulged you, Josh, and this no, is what happened. You tried to throw me under the bus, and I picked it up and ran with it. No, I didn't. I didn't. But uh, anyway, so um, the big, uh, the big, uh, the big press uh, book of the week, or the big, you know, notoriety in the book was uh, Astonishing X Men number fifty one, which featured the wedding of uh, North Star and um, his boyfriend Kyle. Um, I assume I'm the only one who picked it up. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Because I'm the only one who supports uh, gay marriage. There That's you have mostly. It. There well, obviously. You, there you have it. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna buy it. I was gonna start buying it with this issue, and then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> um. No. It was. It was a fun. It was a fun. Um. It was a fun wedding issue. You know what I mean? Like so there. the kind of issues that are that are fun. Yeah. You know, gay or otherwise. Lots of cameos. Lots of really interesting things. Um. Uh. uh Mayor Bloomberg randomly uh, getting uh, some ice in his uh, lemonade from Iceman, which was cool. Um. Somehow, I I did not know Beast uh, could uh, was ordained as a minister. Of course, Beast is ordained. Of course, he is. So Beast was the officiant. Um, I'm wondering, and I was wondering why. So if if um, the wedding was in Central Park in New York, uh. and if North Star, I'm pretty sure North Star and Kyle were living in Vancouver last we saw them in Alpha Flight. I don't know why though, and the you know, and with Wolverine everybody up in Westchester. I mean, Central Park's a great location if you can get it. But mm. I, I just I wonder why it was in New York. <laughs> well, it's because it was a, it was really more for everybody else. Yeah, I guess I suppose like that you didn't want to have every like who everybody see. I did this for my wedding. Everybody would have had to fly to Vancouver. Right. So you instead, mean they you went fly to Boston. Thanks. Well, yeah, but it was easy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it would have been God easier if it was Boston, in New York. Chinatown. Yeah. Anyway, but um, um, but what was really what was really neat at the very end of the issue was there's a little full page ad from uh, the city of New York with uh, tips on uh, looking to tie the knot in New York City and like ten tips on getting married in New York, which is really cool. Um, that was a nice little kind of mix into it. Some partnership with the government, which is why it was in New York. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm sure. And, and Marvel in New York. And also, is gay marriage legal in Canada? Yes. Is no, it? Canada? Yes. It's been yes. legal for a while. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah, no, but it was good. I mean, and it was the, the second part of a first part story. It started off with a little action, and um, but have it, you been reading this book the whole time, or did you come on for this? I come on and off. I go on and off based off the creative uh, team. I actually didn't get the engagement uh, issue. I didn't get the, the the proposal issue, but I did get this issue. So, which you knew it was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, but yeah, great stuff. Mike Perkins art, which is which is always a treat. He's great. He's I think he's uh, he's off. Um, the Stephen King thing now. Yeah, no, stand. yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's on. He's, he's, he's on that. He's like, the ongoing years. artist on Astonishing X Men now. So huh. yeah, good stuff. So fun time. So yeah, congratulations, North Star and Kyle. My my store had a line. There was people waiting to get in to get it. Really? Yep. San Francisco. There for them. There you go. Of, of all markets. <laughs> anyway, um, yes. So it worked. <laughs> so uh, before Watchmen, comedian number one came out. So was I wrong about that? About what? Did you did did you not like it? This this was rough. <laughs> <laughs> this this was this was this is a bitter this is a tough pill to swallow. I I was enjoying it for about half of it because because yeah. Ron told me he didn't like it before I read it, so I had that going in my head. And for the first time, I was like, no, this is, this is pretty good. I know what Ron's problem is, and I went, oh okay. Oh. Oh. Now, what is the thing that that guy? Because here's the thing: I I didn't I I don't want to say I liked it. But I found it interesting, and I thought it was—I thought it was pretty well done, um, from a, a standpoint of fitting one thing into another thing. Right, and but they didn't though, because in Watchmen he he killed Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, see now that's where I got mixed up because I couldn't remember. I was like, wait, was that just in the movie? Because I no, was, it was in the book too. Here. Okay, yeah. So he him him and Nixon were in were in Dallas that day. Yeah, and now according to this, none of that happened. So. Oh. And what was with the weird, suggestive, gay overtone thing? What do you mean? With Jack, Jackie accusing them, him of loving the the brother, you know what I mean? Like the that whole scene, the Jackie him talking was like it was kind of suggestive. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get anything. I didn't get that. But yeah. I just thought, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I like brotherly, like he, like the brothers were all really close and they would play football and stuff. And that's sure, yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, no, I know. But but like, it, there's a. She I says, thought she, she was gonna have sex with him. She says she says you love them, and he goes, no, I respect them, and she's like, right, you love them, you know, like and it was it just. Uh, I, I talked to other people about it, and other people picked up on that as well. I <laughs> thought, 
See, the problem with with knowing having in Watchmen knowing that he was the killer, or yeah. at least Watchmen he was. So then the, the whole issue I was waiting for that twist. I thought Jackie was going to hire him to kill her husband, and that would have been pretty controversial, yeah, or something like that. But since they veered off in a different direction, it it changed the story. I did like the idea that the assassination of Kennedy would would sort of stop the petty crime, and they would have they would both stop and watch the TV in the middle of the, yeah. This, that that was that was somewhat clever. Yeah. I liked that, but other than that, it just the idea that it was so far off, and it's I guess it's possible they could reveal later on that somehow he was still there, although I don't see how how. Yeah. Um, seems a pretty major departure from the established continuity of Watchmen. Well, I'm just upset uh, that they di- that Kennedy died at the end of the issue because I was looking forward to more pages of football betting. <laughs> weird. Yeah, put forty down on Dallas. Uh, what did you think of JG Jones? It's all right. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's 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 not not what I uh, would expect for him. Yeah, but I bet he comes out on time. Yeah, it's true. You know, no. was it was it uh, how many inkers? I didn't look. No, I don't even think any. Yeah, just just JG Jones. Look at that. And, uh, and uh, Alex and Claire on color, and Clem Robbins on letters. Okay, so over under Clem Robbins is good. Yeah, Clem over is under good. on uh, on how many inkers will be on issue three? Yeah, we'll find out. Four, three inkers. Yeah, I'll take that bet. <laughs> Me and my brother. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just gonna come. That was pretty awful, but yeah. also awesome at the same time. <laughs> I, 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 was, you, were, you were you were like you were like a millimeter away from the Southern Colonel, also. And you know you went you went for it. And you committed. Yeah, I, 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 I can respect. Uh, I'm gonna go out and say Avengers X Men number six was pretty awesome. Not only was it pretty awesome, but it's it sort of it sort of shows the glaring problem with the overall series, which is that this is Act Two, which is six issues in out of twelve. Right. And the first, I think the biggest problem with the series has been Act One took half the series. Yep. And now we're going to cram in the rest of the story within these last six issues. Well, but and, I thought, and, and also, and also, like I, I struggled with Avengers vs X Men number six because there, there was a moment, there was a moment in the first third of the book where they had me, mm-hmm. where they got me, they totally got me. Do you want to guess what it was? Uh, it's it was, it was with one, it was with one um, caption box. Oh, I don't know. What was it? It was when um, so so basically for those not reading Avengers vs X Men, you know now the Phoenix Five. They're actually named that. I thought you were joking. Oh, so did I. I had no idea. (laughs) I was just as surprised as you were. (laughs) Um, So Cyclops, Emma, Colossus, Namor, and Magic all have powers. You know, a little bit of the Phoenix power. And this is a week later, and they've built Utopia to be much bigger and much grander and much more beautiful. And they're basically going around the world now and just being a force of good, you know, helping and and fixing things and and using the Phoenix power for good, you know, like whether it's helping with you know f- food and and or making it rain or whatever they might be doing. They're just they're helping it's strip clubs. And, yes, um, they just go to strip clubs and just yes. making it rain all over the place. And so, um, and so then, then we get another glimpse of it when Iron Fist is reporting back into Captain America about how they were fighting um, uh, Hydra and Zaz, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, then all of a sudden Colossus shows up and Iron Fist is telling Cap, and he says he walked out of the siege courageous like a metal god. Yeah. Siege courageous, you got me. <laughs> what does that mean? What is that like? And because that's that's a nod back to the Siege Perilous and and Claremont stuff and stuff like that. But then as soon as it as soon as it gets there, they just immediately veer off into all the shit that's been barring bar- it down over the past five um five issues. Cunlan uh, stuff, Hope shit, uh, Avengers. Apparently the Beast the, the Beast doesn't agree with anybody. Beast is quick. Be- Beast- how, how good is Olivier Coipel drawing the Beast though? Really good, really really good. Yeah. Um. You know, and then and then it ends with and then it ends with Cyclops, you know, challenging the UN to you know just to stop war and that sort of thing. And then we get, this felt, was this double sized. It felt really long. It felt really long. Yeah. Um, but then we get and then and and then now the Avengers are back to thinking they need to kidnap Hope. So we get some ridiculous looking um, uh, costumes that they're wearing. Like the like I don't I don't understand those the the infiltration costumes they were wearing the skydiving costumes. Um, and for some reason they want to snatch out Hope, and you got Thor grabbing Hope, which just makes no sense. And then Scarlet Witch shows up. And it ends with Cyclops going, I know what has to happen now, no more Avengers, and we're back in House of M shit. Well, I mean, I think House of M had to be the touchstone, because this is where yeah. it all began, right? All, all this modern-day Marvel stuff sort of began with House of M, so yeah. if they're capping off this era, it's probably appropriate to, to go full circle. But I thought if this issue was issue three, 
or four, maybe yeah. even you'd have a completely different miniseries. Well, I think and, that, the and, problem. So that, and so that's that's so it gets into so the other the other AVX books that came out this week were New Avengers twenty seven, Secret Avengers twenty eight, and Uncanny X Men fourteen. New Avengers and Secret Avengers and some of the stuff in Avengers vs X Men is the example of. There, I don't know if it's because there are so many writers, because it, but there's too much going on. There are too many ideas yeah. going on. Yeah. If you ask me that what happened in New Avengers uh, with Bendis and Diodato and continuing the history of uh, the the tie of Iron Fist and Kunlun to Phoenix and ending with Hope having to be trained by Spider-Man, you, you don't need that. Cut it. You don't need it. Um, yeah. Secret Avengers was more remember Renato Geddes in space with the whole Captain Marvel thing. Why'd they bring him back? Uh, they brought him back just to kill him again. Yeah, exactly. No idea. No idea. You don't need it. Cut it. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much excess. But meanwhile, in Uncanny X-Men number 14, Kieran Gillen just decides to write a whole issue about Sinister who built a city underneath the underneath underground. <laughs> and it's awesome. <laughs> This has nothing to do with Avengers vs. X-Men, and it's just a glimpse into Sinister London, which, which Mr. Sinister has built underground um, between the surface and where the Moloids live. Wow. <laughs> and it basically ends with him, Sinister, saying, I know that when, um, now that Cyclops and all of them have the Phoenix Force, they're going to come for me eventually, and basically saying, you know, bring it on, and that's how it ends. So it's a little it's a little glimpse towards what's coming in Uncanny X-Men, but it was just like, what? <laughs> just. You know, the, you know, in in sinister London, you still can't see much sun, so there's not much difference between right, yeah. real London and sinister London. Yeah, I don't. It, it looked, I, I and by the way, sinister London looked an awful lot like uh, the London in Arrested Development. <laughs> we Britain, little we Britain. Yeah, <laughs> sinister wants to watch out for Poppins. Oh, but the the, the one thing about Uncanny X Men, aside from story, uh, had Dustin Weaver art. Hmm. Which uh, you might remember from for Shield. sinister for sinister London. That sounds exactly like what you'd want to have. <laughs> um, and uh, Dustin Weaver, it's great. It just continue, reminds you, you know, if you if you've been missing Shield, how great Dustin Weaver is. This, He's amazing. This is great. It was great stuff. But I actually don't mind the whole Iron Fist tie-in because it's nice to have someone else involved in the story. And obviously, Iron Fist is not going to be very important to the whole resolution of the story. So it's nice to have someone minor become a major. You know, Iris is a minor character at this point. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just it just it just reeks of the oh yeah, you know the thing we told you about. Yeah, no, it's 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 this. You know, and it's like and I don't know. It just it I just feel like it's really extraneous. And and if you just focused on if you focused on the problem at hand, which is the, what they're doing with the Phoenix Force and the the conflict between the Avengers vs X Men, and even if you got to bring in the House of M bullshit and the Scarlet Witch bullshit, I just feel like unless you know, and I'm sure it's going to come back around, and Iron Fist is going to be it's going to play some important role, and maybe Hope's going to become Iron Fist or who knows, I don't even know what you know, but like, it, but it just right now, I just feel like there's too much glut. No, I agree with that. The, the, the tie-ins are completely un, 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 unnecessary, and they muddle everything up. Yeah, I really just the Secret Avengers one really bo- bothered me because it's like you bring back Captain Marvel. Every time they bring him back, they just they cheapen his original death a little bit more. Yep. Yeah, and agree. They, they, there was at least there was no reason to, there was no reason at all to bring him back this time whatsoever. He yeah. didn't do anything. He, they brought him back simply to kill him and have Carol become the new Captain Marvel. Yeah. I got and, I got I got, I got two comments. Hmm. First one, I think that Ron would be okay with all of this if Bendis hadn't brushed him off about what was in the closet. <laughs> yeah, possibly. I think if he had just finished that <laughs> at some point, then then all of this would be easier to take. Two, I'm not reading this, but I I uh, I enjoy these I enjoy these discussions. I sat back and I just listened. Yeah, one thing like, one oh. thing we should mention is that I thought the issue was gorgeous. Olivier Coipel, we haven't I haven't really yeah. seen since since the first issue of Mighty Event, Mighty Thor. He's he's amazing. Wonderful. Yeah, no, he's great. Yeah, he's really he's really really good. Um, and it was beautiful. It was fun to read. I mean, this this is I agree. This is the best issue of the of the series so far. Um, and it's funny. It's, it's and it's 12, funny. It's twelve one every two weeks. It's twelve one yeah. every two weeks. And it's funny because I totally could have seen like what they totally could have done. Like if this was a couple of years ago, whatever, you know, it, it could have the, the uh, quote unquote event could have ended with the Phoenix Five, and we would have had a year of the Phoenix Five. Yeah. Phoenix Force Five. Phoenix Force Five. Yeah. I like your name better. Yeah, the Phoenix Force. I really Five. opened it up and saw it in the, in the description and went. I, he wasn't kidding. Yeah, I, I thought that was a joke. I thought it was a joke too. I didn't. <laughs> no, I mean I meant it as a joke. I didn't even know. But uh, based um, off an Uma Thurman line from, Pope. I know exactly. Wow, um, a throwaway scene even in that movie. Yeah, I know. But um, but yeah. So 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 good on them for you know trying to make this closed and condensed and what you know or whatever it might be. But um. I don't know. Just it's just feeling long in the tooth. That's all. And I wanted more Siege Courageous. Like I, I honestly would have liked to have seen more of the Phoenix Five doing what they're doing. You know. 
Taking all the nukes away. And, like, and why like, did Xa- so Xavier shows up in the beginning with a very jaunty scarf? In a very with a very jaunty scarf for what? For why did Xavier show up? That 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 didn't go anywhere. Exposition. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Crap. Crap. <laughs> Who wrote this one? Uh, Hickman. Hick- That's why it's the best one. He, his 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 tone and voice is really good for this kind of story. It's kind of there's a lot of gravitas and and sort of mystery without being bombastic in it. I feel like gravitas is his middle name. <laughs> hey, it's Lawrence. <laughs> hey, creators and publishers, you're looking for a way to get your book in front of as many people as possible, as quickly as possible, and easily as possible. And graphically, is the best solution to do that. Upload your book, your comic book, your children's book, your sketchbook, your photography book, just about any kind of graphic-based book. You can do it in a few simple steps, and you're on your way to getting into Amazon's Kindle store, Barnes & Noble's Nook store, Kobo, and, of course, the Apple iBook store. There's no need to have readers find a specific app just for comics or, or just made for you. You can go get your book in front of all the people at the local at your local digital bookstore. That was me going weird. I don't know, I don't know why. Uh, you go there where people are looking for books in the, in the digital bookstores. And with 29% of all di- adults now owning tablets and e-reader devices in sales in 2011, increasing over 300% from the year before to over 3 million e-books sold, it's a lot of potential customers to see your book. You can find a full list of pricing and services at our website. Head over to graphically.com for more details. Excellent. So, um, and yes, and, and uh, lots of stuff going on at Graphically, so stay tuned because uh, a couple of weeks are going to be interesting. I want to know what it is about Dark Horse Presents number 13 that made you want to say something about it. I, it was almost pick of the week. It yes. Was, it, it, was, it was in the running. It was in, in, the, in the top, uh, my top four choices of pick of the week. It was in. Why? In I'll tell you why. Ready? Yeah. Phil Noto, okay. Carlos Speed McNeil, John Lehman and Sam Keith, Francesco Francavilla, Jeff Darrow, M- Mike Barron and Steve Rude, and Dean Motter. That's why it almost got it. That's, it, a, that's, it, a, that's a strong lineup. This it is, has the best lineup of artists consistently of any book. This might be right now the, the best moment for Dark Horse Presents. You've got the first chapter of Ghost um, written by Kelly Sudaconic with art by Phil Noto, which if you remember Ghost was the old um, uh, old character from the 90s that went Dark I'd Horse. I used it that book. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. Um, then you, ha- you had The Creep with John Ar- written by John Arcutie with art by Jonathan Case. Um, another chapter of Finder by Carlos Speed McNeil. Uh, you have Criminal Macabre, with, written by Steve Niles, art by Christopher Mitten. You have An Alien Story, written by Layman, with art by Sam Keith, which is awesome. Um, you have The Occultist, with uh, a story by Tim Seeley and art by Victor Drunu. Black Beetle, by Fra- Francavilla. Francavilla. Uh, uh, a profile, a cross story, a, a, a prose story with art by Jeff Darrow. Uh, chapter two of the new Nexus with Mike Barron and Steve Rude, which is classic, and then the the icing on the cake is chapter two of Mister X by Dean Motter. If you've never read Mister X, it's uh, it's awesome, and this is new Mister X stuff, which is even awesomer. So I I think I know why you didn't make a pick of the week. Why? This would take it forever to write about. Yeah, it really would have. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a long review. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah but I'm not even done. Dark Horse Presents really like the, like the, the promise of Dark Horse Presents is kind of coming to fruition in in, in last issue and this issue. So, yeah. um, Journey into Mystery. I just wanted to uh, call out because uh, this is the keen eye, keen uh, Britpop music fans will notice that this is the subtle phonogram uh, Loki crossover that Kieran Gill has always wanted. <laughs> <laughs> because the story has uh, magical things happening in places in England, and the one of them that he calls out was the Hacienda, which is the club in Manchester where New Order and, and the Smiths and everybody played. So, Kieran Gillen's crazy. That's all. He got away with it, though, God damn. He got away. He somehow slipped through the cracks. <laughs> nice work. Yeah. So, uh, Wonder Woman number 10 with guest artist uh, 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 Kano. Tony Akins. And Tony Akins. Yeah, and, yeah both. Uh, what happened here? I, I really I, – I genuinely got lost and I went back a bunch of times and, and I just like – I don't know. I, I'm so I, close to dropping this. Well, H- Hell wanted to marry Wonder Woman and uh, tried to force her to in this issue and she said no and broke free and then and she shot Yeah, but she Aerosmith. was already there because she was going to get married and then the whole thing was that she was going to put her head in the, in the, you know, the lasso noose and it was going to make her say whether he loved her or not. And she did. And she, she said, said she yes, yeah. which is what he thought she wasn't going to do. And then he's, and then his part was, well, now I bind you. Cause I thought they were, but the, she had agreed to get married unless she was never going to. I just, it wasn't clear. This was, uh, this was for me. This is the point where Azarello always goes wrong for me. 
mm-hmm. that I'll be digging something and really enjoying it, and then all of a sudden, at some point, it just gets unclear. Yep. About where where it is we're going, and it's happened to me. Like I've been into his stories, you know, for the first you know twenty percent, and then and then it just starts to not make sense to me, and and I feel like I'm missing something. And I'm good at reading comics, but I, I like I was lost. And this is you know again this is this was. This is my favorite book out of the relaunch. Is the one I was really enjoying, and uh, you know, not not the art. I get that. I get that. You know, they got to move things around. Uh, there's been like four or five. I think maybe four fill-ins that aren't Cliff Chang at this point. Um, More than I, I feel like every time I pick it up, it's Tony Akins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I I'm a little disappointed. That's I guess my point. And I don't know what happened, and it's annoying me. Yeah. Well, conversely, Glory number twenty-seven, which often gets dismissed as like a Wonder Woman clone or whatever, this might this might have been the best issue of the of the series so far. This issue, I think it was. This issue was awesome. This was this was really good. Um, and 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 if anybody's curious about how different or unique Glory is than not the Wonder Woman archetype, this represents it. But um, you liked it too, Josh? Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was the strongest of them too. Yeah. Um, just lots of really big wacky stuff, and I really liked the twist at the end. Yep. Because I, 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 the thing is, I don't know what to expect from this book, so I want, I want it to veer when I think I do know what's going to happen, and that was exactly what happened. So yep. I thought that that was great, and I, I thought Ross Gamble really brought it in terms of just this giant otherworldly threat that was going on the whole. These big wacky, I mean, monsters that don't look like any monsters I've ever seen. Yep. You know, maybe from sort of strange Japanese animation kind of monsters, but uh, it was impressive. Yeah, no, Ross Gamble really coming to his own, and this this I mean, this book is just getting stronger and stronger and stronger. So. Good yeah. to see it. So. Yes, it was. Excellent. So those are the books that we enjoyed this week. Go to ifanboy.com slash comics. We got the full list of comics that came out. And you can go and you can rate them and you can make your picks of the week. And we're going to go through the top five picks of the week as selected by the iFanboy community. Coming in at number five, Venom number 19 with 0.8% of the picks of the week. Um, interesting. Number four was Wonder Woman number 10 with 2.2% of the picks of the week. Number three was Josh's pick of the week with Reed Gunther number 10 with 4.2% of the pick of the week. Pretty good. Very good, yeah. And it, 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 I don't know if you if you can see the writing on the wall where this is going, yeah. but <laughs> when the number three book has got under 5%, <laughs> uh, the number two book was Connor's pick of the week with Avengers vs. X. I, I didn't six. say that. I said I really liked it. I don't know. I actually didn't make it. Oh, Saga was my pick of the week. Okay. Saga was, well, yeah. Avengers vs. X-Men number six, the best issue of the series so far, got 5.8% of the picks of the week. So many people agreed with that. But the number one pick of the week, as chosen by you, the listening audience, Saga number four, with 81.2% of the picks Ooh. of the week. Somewhere, Scott Snyder is sh- shivering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, there's a disturbance. <laughs> I want to I I read this next one because I want to say the name. Sure, go for it. So on to the user reviews. First up from Buck Mulligan. <laughs> uh, of Daredevil 14, he gave the story of four to five and the art of four to five, and the pick of the week percentage was four-tenths of a percentage point, and it says, Doom might just be enough. Judging by the action in issue number 14 to inject a little life into the Omega Drive storyline, which has been underwhelming at best, issues 10.1, 11, and 13, including the Omega Effect crossover issues of Avenging Spider-Man number 5 and Punisher number 10, had me worried that we'd seen the best of what had been a great Wade run. That said, the most compelling part of issue 14, much like the other recent, recent strong... Entry issue number 12 deals not with Daredevil, but with Matt Murdock's life and his relationship with Foggy Nelson. We know Matt has cobbled his life back together, but can the long-suffering Foggy take any more? And if not, does Matt's life unravel again? These are the questions that will have, will have me coming back for issues 15 and 16 and on and on. Somebody's art, particularly in action-packed and tightly focused panels, excellent. I feel like the, the, the shine is a, little off, is a little off the luster of Daredevil. I just don't like this Omega Drive story. I'm yeah, done with. It. I think it's really, I think it's really bogging it down. Well, we're getting away from all the things that we really liked about the first handful of them. Yep. Which was the, which is what the the reviewer Buck Mulligan call, calls out, who I believe is a porno star slash stereo uh, salesman. <laughs> that might be, that might be wrong. Um, I, I I liked the storyline when it was that crossover. I feel like it shouldn't have continued on past that point. Yep, agreed. Um. But I also I like Samney. We, we we all like Samney a lot. I just don't know if he's perfectly right for this book. I agree. In that uh, the the previous artists have all been very fluid. There's a lot of very graceful fluidity to their work, and it's just that's not his style. It's just it's a different kind of style. And I think when when Daredevil jumps around, it looks different than he used to. Um, 
I, I did enjoy this issue, though. I liked the, the idea of him losing his yeah. senses all by one. It was ter- kind of terrifying at the end, and he thinks he's safe, and he's actually not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, was kind of heartbreaking. But I don't know. There's something. I think Ron's right. Something about this is not as wonderful as it was before. I don't think it was that storyline. It was – Well, just, just – I mean, I mean think, about, think about this issue and think about the recent issues and think back to the issue where he burst into the party with the shirt that says, I'm not Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Issue one. Right. <laughs> no, that wasn't issue one. That was the Christmas issue. No, that wasn't issue. issue one. That was the Christmas yeah. issue. Um, it just, it just, it's, it's gone back down into that little darkness kind of thing, which is, uh, you know, which is well, it always had to, and they'd yeah. hinted at it from the very first one. I just think that we wanted to stay in that world that was set up in the first couple of them a little longer. Yeah, yeah, and and keep it. I think, I think it was fun to keep it small. Yep. And instead, it got really, really big. I do like when he woke up and he was in Latveria. Yep. A, I mean, here's the thing: like the the whole issue was really. Well done. I mean, like when oh, I yeah, say no, it's, it's not it's as good. It's one of the best comics out there. Yeah, when yeah, when yeah. I say when we say it's not as good, it's like four and a quarter stars instead of five. Yeah. You know, like and and just that that little difference is just like I was like, oh, we're, we, do we have stuff to do back back in New York? Let's 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 get past this drive thing. Just give it to Reed Richards. Call it a day. Yeah. Anyway. Hmm. All right. Well, so Daredevil. We'll see. Um, well, all red's coming on, so I'm excited for that. But microwave. I, I no problem with Somni. Microwave 25 reviewed Mars Attacks, number one, gave a story of 4 out of 5 in the year, out of 5 out of 5, and 0.5% made it their pick of the week. And Microwave 25 says, Layman manages to create quite the comedy sketch as two hick fa- farmers stumble across a stereotypical flying saucer. Luck and good fortune seem to be the main theme of this issue, and the irony of it all pours through the pair of idiot farmers. Of all the people in the world to make first contact with an intelligent alien race, Earth stirs up the bottom of the barrel, trying to make a quick buck from their findings Things predictably go sour and get some memorable scenes from John McRae. McRae does a great job of keeping that 60s look and feel of the book while adding his own contemporary style to it. The Martians look fantastic and some of their facial expressions are priceless. His countryside landscapes and scenes of space are strangely quaint and picturesque amongst all the impending terror and doom and colorist. Andrew Elder deserves huge credit for making these scenes really pop. Mars Attacks may be a relatively old and simple idea, but don't let that sway you. This is truly a fun read with a book that doesn't take itself too seriously. Maybe we need more of that in modern comics. I'm excited to see where Layman takes these merciless aliens and how they deal with 2012. I didn't know about this. John McRae. Yeah, yeah. John, John Layman of Chew Fame and John McRae. Um, also lead I, singer I, of Cake. ID, probably a different guy. IDW released it, Mars Attacks number one. And <laughs> you could, if you're a big Mars Attacks fan, get one or all 58 covers. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. did 58 covers and... You could spend one hundred ninety nine ninety nine and get a special limited edition box set of all the issues with all the covers of the same issue. What's like, the uh, potential what? market for that? Does IDW not know what year it is? <laughs> Listen, they've gone through this and done it before. They did it with Godzilla, and apparently it worked. So, well, the thing the thing with Godzilla was weren't they weren't there a lot of those like um, retailer specific covers? Yeah, they, they drew the, yeah. they drew their name their stores. Yeah, these, they're just these variations they, on the on they, a gimmick. They took they took the classic Mars Attacks nineteen sixty two tops um, card set and used the art from each the Wally Wood art from each card for each cover. So yeah. it's just a different Mars attack scene. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, that's it. Anyway, so uh, interesting. Oh, but I, I wanted, it, I read it. And I it was wanted fun. cover thirty-seven. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I read it and it was fun. It was neat. So cool. good times. So go to ifanboy.com/slash/comics. You can do your pull list and do your ratings and write your reviews, and we will highlight them on the show when they are worthy. I liked that movie. I was one of the people that liked that. I movie. love that movie. That movie is great. Yeah. Jim Brown punching aliens in their big domes. Yeah, Nicholson as the president. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy that. With the great sound effect of the aliens. <laughs> that, was the, that was specifically the part I liked most about the movie. Yeah, the like, I like how they yelled. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that in the theater. Let's do some emails. Let's do them. First one comes from Alex from London, who says, I had a question about Amazing Spider-Man. I used to read the trades of Amazing Spider-Man before the disgrace of One More Day slash Brand New Day. Although I stopped reading this, I want to get back in, having loved Spider-Man since the 90s cartoon. So now we know that the, 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 the term of disgrace is what, like three years? Well, yeah. That was a long time ago. Yeah, it was. Um, what is the best story to jump back in on? I know there are new characters such as Anti-Venom and Mary Jane still isn't with Peter. I want to jump back in without spending most of the reading experience being confused. Any help would be appreciated. Wasn't it really good for a while? It's, it was it's great. Been, it's been really good for a long time. I mean, Since yeah. one more day. Yeah. Brand new day it, was 2008, so that was four six, years. 
Yeah, four years ago. Four years ago. Yeah, man. Yeah. There's been there's uh, there's been uh, nine hundred issues since then. <laughs> yeah, I that's mean, why honest, it feels longer. Honestly, <laughs> get. I mean, I think you're gonna have to roll with it in terms of the who the um, you know new characters and that. But like the the whole brand new day storyline was good. The Gauntlet was great. Um, Spider Island was great. Now, I mean, as long as you know the basics of Spider-Man, I mean, yeah. that's really this is this is the thing that always bugs me about some comic fans is that you don't need to know everything. Just you know who Spider-Man is. He's Spider-Man. He's Peter yeah, Parker. You could, He's you, in New York. You could you figure that very out. easily pick up whatever the next issue or the regular one is. Jump back on and, and start going. If you wanted to go backwards, you know, there were there was a bunch of great writers switching on and off, and they all did. The stories were fairly standalone. There was like some yeah. great Joe Kelly ones. There were some great Mark Wade stories. Uh, you guys really like the Zeb Wells ones. Yeah, and they were they were all really great. And and I and I said it. Um, and when oh, I guess the solicits for September for Marvel have the trade paperback of Spider Island. I thought Spider Island was awesome. Mm-hmm. Spider Island was a lot of fun, and it had you know it had its ups and its downs, but it 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 was a big kind of spider contained Manhattan New York story, and it was cool. It was it was cool to see. So. Um, so yeah, so try the. I would, but I, I honestly like if I when I think of the past four years of Spider Man, um, the one thing that jumps out at me was the, that the those series of Gauntlet stories, the the Rogues Gallery ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. those were yeah. great. The Craven story, the Rhino story, the the Sandman story. They they had heart. They were tragic. They were yeah. So yeah, that's true. Yep. All right. Cool. Next email. Uh, Sean from Manchester, Maryland says the question I've been thinking about most as of lately. How long, how much though? <laughs> uh, is is how big story arcs like Avengers versus X Men and Spider Man are Man, a separate Spider-Man. T- Spider-Man. Spider-Man are a separate title instead of being interwoven stories between different books? And how I f- he really has been thinking about this. How I feel they lose the big impact uh, by being different stories. I feel Spider Man would have worked better, and I feel new readers. I feel like it has more weight if a story of a story if instead of holding its own (laughs) what are we gonna learn 340 episodes don't let josh read (laughs) eat it uh instead of holding its own separate title it ran through amazing spider-man and altered spider-man i feel it would bring new readers to multiple books and maybe hook them for the long run of those series and the consequences of the stories would stick better if they did go between books how do you guys feel about this approach to big stories within comic book worlds also, does anybody else feel, after reading the first issue of Spider-Man, that Brian Bendis is a fan of Snyder's Batman book with the concept of talking about the love of the city and how they're both in love with Spider-Man in New York and Batman in Gotham? The Scozo of um, Manchester, Maryland. I don't think that was my fault. Basically <laughs> saying, uh, shouldn't Avengers X-Men take place in, the, in those books, Avengers books and X-Men books, shouldn't old Spider-Man take place in Ultimate Spider-Man and not in separate miniseries is basically yeah. what it boils down to. Six of one, half dozen of another. I just yes. Um, and and his second question about this is Bendis a fan of Snyder's Batman book? I, I don't think S- no. Snyder or Bendis are the first people to have characters and cities be interested in each other. That's um, always yeah. been that. Yeah. The whole Jeff Johns's whole thing was that Flash loves Keystone City. It's right. not. And and Rucka's whole thing was Batman and Gotham, and you know, like it's just, it's it's not it's not especially un- those two characters particularly yeah. about yeah. their city. So that's yeah. nothing new. Um, so basically, he doesn't want events to take place in their own minis. He wants the events to take place in the, in the issues themselves. I don't want to sound like a jerk, but you sound like a collector. I mean, like, like that sounds like a thing like I want it to be. I don't want to have to buy another miniseries. I want my unbroken run of things. It's just like it's a marketing decision that is probably based on sales more yeah. than anything. Yeah. Of course it's based on sales. They, they sell a, a standalone. Well, but the thing but is, it, it's they're damned if they do, damned if they don't. If they took place sure. in, in the minis, people would complain that they weren't. A, there wasn't a standalone story in a, in a miniseries that they could buy on their own. Right. I mean, I mean, it's funny because they, um, the, these, this example of Avengers vs. X-Men and Spider-Man are two very different things because Avengers vs. X-Men is a standalone miniseries, but it's got it's with, with tendrils. It's got all these you know uh, crossovers and things like that, and and not crossovers, but you know tie-ins like we were talking about with Secret Avengers and New Avengers and uh, the Civil X-Men. War model. It's civil, yeah, exactly. We've whereas seen this Spider- model for years. Where the Spider- Secret War model, really? Where yeah. Spider, yeah, the Secret War model. Where Spider-Man is, as far as I can tell, completely contained, and it's like a story that takes place in between issues of Amazing and Ultimate Spider-Man. I got to yeah. tell you, I like that. Yeah. I like that the same way that I liked it with the Avengers Prime. If you want to look at it that way, yeah. Um, so personally, like I, you know, I, I'm there's a story going on in Ultimate Spider-Man right now, and it would get derailed, and I don't want that. See now, now what's what's interesting is that is that so if you go back to Secret War, which was the the crossover that started it all, right? Or you know, Secret War one was contained in a miniseries. 
It was mm-hmm. a 12-issue mi- miniseries that went on for a whole year, and uh, all of the books picked up. Uh, they, they started Secret War in the regular series, and then the next issue was after Secret War. It was a year later. Mm-hmm. Which it, or is right – well, not a year later, but after Secret War ended. And so you had all these kind of things. Like I remember Kitty and Peter broke up, and they broke up in Secret War, but in Uncanny X-Men, they just were broken up. So, like, if they took that model now, people's heads would explode. Yeah. So, mm. yeah, it's, it's, it's like Connor said, damned if you do, damned if you don't, you know. So. Were there other time? They were crossover titles. Yeah, they all crossed Not, over. No, Secret, Secret Wars 2 is when they went crazy with the top no, I'm, I'm looking at their Wikipedia entry, all the crossover titles. Oh, were there really? I thought Secret Wars was contained. There's no way they would have contained it. That would have been, they would have fired the person in charge of that. I thought Secret War was totally contained in Secret War 2. Secret War 2, they went, they went nuts. Yeah, they went, every book had it, yeah. yeah there, there, was not, there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's less than ten crossover books. But, oh, okay, yeah, that's not that bad. But Secret, Secret War 2 is when like, every book crossed over. It was yeah. every single Marvel book. But that's the model. That's where it started, basically, with Secret War. I think the, really? I think the, modern, mo- the modern crossover started with Secret Wars, I think. Yeah. I think it's really about, you know, it's like having their cake and eating it, too. Because the people who just want to buy the Avengers book that they're buying, they're going to keep buying it. But they're probably also going to buy the other thing, and so they have their bases covered more than anything. Yeah, mm. I don't know. It's a quandary. <laughs> if you uh, want to write in, you can send it to contact at ifanboy via the email. And now, uh, voicemail. We can do voicemail. Yeah, we're gonna do a voicemail about uh, another story, another topic that's been in the news. Uh, hey guys, this is Chris from Pennsylvania. I'm just wondering what you guys thought about the recent re-envisioning of the JSA being younger, which uh, in my opinion, kind of ruins the characters because I like them being older and teaching the heroes of tomorrow. And um, in particular, I was wondering what you thought about the re-envisioning of Alan Scott being gay. And I was wondering if you guys thought it was more of a publicity stunt because of what Marvel was doing with the gay marriage. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Keep it up. I gotta tell you, I'm a little afraid to answer this. <laughs> I don't want to deal with the blowback. Well, here, here. I shouldn't use that word. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I, whether whether you want to believe it or not, I've talked to James Robinson about this in February. Mm-hmm. So whether or not the Mar- Astonishing X-Men wedding thing was known back then, like I believe James when he said he's been working on this since last year. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely think yeah. – I, I really do think it is a coincidence that the two things are happening yeah. because the idea itself, the, the very concept of, of marriage equality is very much in the zeitgeist of our thinking. And these comic book companies are very aware of what's in the zeitgeist. That's what they're writing on. They've all, and they've always done a good job yes. of, of examining what's going on in the real world. So yep. the fact that this is one of the preeminent issues in the real world right now is the reason why you're getting it. Yep. So yeah. let's, let's take these things one at a time. Uh, I'll tell you right now, the thing I find more upsetting is I, I liked the JSA as they were. I love the JSA. A, as yeah. sort of older, had been around in the 40s. I think there's something really interesting about that. However, I can, I can completely recognize that that has never been a big payoff for DC Comics. And you don't just stick with something because you've been doing it forever, right. necessarily. And but they're also, I mean, if if they're truly going back to their roots of these characters, then they started out as young guys in the forties, so that's where they're yeah. starting out again. Yeah. I mean, they were Just, they weren't old they weren't the old veterans in the, when they when they first appeared. They were young guys in their twenties, like the characters heroes are now. It's so, just that they were in the forties, and then they got stuck there. But if they did a book now about young superheroes in the forties, well, it'd be called Before Watchmen. But. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, think about it. Imagine if they did so. like a superhero book that was all like Mad Men. It wouldn't sell. I'm kidding. Like, it just wouldn't. It would be great. We would love it. It's called Minutemen. And we would do we would do twelve percent. You know, we would yeah. do twelve thousand copies and yeah. it would be canceled. Yeah. Um as far as Alan Scott being gay, uh, as far as I'm concerned, and there's gonna be people who disagree with me, uh, Alan Scott was almost a blank slate other than to a, a small cadre of 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 really diehard fans. Yep. He was really just there. He wasn't being used. The only person who ever who's used him with any Real uh, uh, traction has been James Robinson himself. Yep. Over the Jones. last, yeah, but as a result of having what you, what Robinson did, like mm-hmm. they're related, um, and so you know if anybody's going to do it, he's the dude to do it. Uh, you know, I don't know. I couldn't tell you what Alan Scott's personal life was like. It it doesn't not fit that he's a gay dude. Like it doesn't. It doesn't. Okay, fine. I, I'm I'm of the I'm of the belief that he was always gay. Could 
been. <laughs> yeah, it could have been. It doesn't. You never know. Like, and 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 the thing is that, like, he, you're you're right. And from a character standpoint, he was a he was a, a relatively blank slate. And it is just you know, and I and I truly do believe you know when I talked to James when I interviewed him stuff like that. It's just an aspect of the character, and it does it's not going to define him. He's not he's not the gay Avenger. It's not yeah. able, you know what I mean. Like this is just one you know it's it's in any and it, this is a different it's an alternate universe, and it, there could be a gay Batman in another alternate universe. You know what I mean? Like the, the, I love that story. Yeah, but um, uh, you know the, the, it's again it's another one. Damned if they do, damned if they don't. Like they want to have diversity, but you know, and I wrote about this. They want to have diversity, but if they if they change an existing character, everybody gets mad. But if they bring out a new character, they don't get traction. Like, yep. you know, they they gotta pick their battles a little bit, and and you know, yep, yeah. So, all right. Well, speaking so, of speaking of before Watchmen, we got one more voicemail. Hey guys, uh, I guess you've been picking up uh, the new Before Watchmen series that DC's been putting out recently. Uh, so far, I think only Minimums come out. But I don't know what time you're gonna be filming the show at. I was wondering what you guys would think about an ongoing Before Watchmen series that just pretty much did the entire universe before Watchmen happened, and you would see all the stories that you don't usually get to see. Um, thanks. See ya. I'm going to say no. I'm going to go no. <laughs> because, yeah, definitely no. Because um, I, I feel like Before Watchmen, we're only three issues in, but I'm, I'm really starting to appreciate the uh, less is more kind of approach to things, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm not even sure I want these. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know that's true. I'm, I'm I'm almost positive I don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I'm, fine I'm, they're doing it. That's, that, that's you know whatever. But it's I, I don't know, want you know, here's, more. Here's why certain, you don't want an ongoing so. before Watchmen series or an ongoing Watchmen series because you really don't want to get to that point where it's issue seventy two and Chuck Austin's writing it. And you know, and it just like, and it, you know, like, and it just sad. and Clark still hasn't become Superman. Exactly, yeah. he's living in Metropolis, works the Daily Planet. Listen, you shut your ma- you shut your hole. <laughs> it's just, I, I mean, like, I, I'm honestly thinking of this like fan fiction. That's how I, that's how I deal with it right now. And I, I don't really know if I want to read it. Yeah. So right. no, no, I do not want an ongoing. All right, so that is uh, our voicemail. If you got a question, you can call us at one eight 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 fanboys. It's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. But we can't stop podcasting. Um, oh. I fanboy don't miss comes out every uh, usually every Monday uh, where we talk to a creator about a book that's coming out this come uh, this upcoming week. And this week we talked to the co-writer of Get Giro from Ver- uh, Vertigo Comics. Uh, no, we didn't get Anthony Bourdain, but we did talk to Joel Rose, who is the uh, who is the co-writer, who is a uh, used to work at DC. Has published graphic novels before. Has been a longtime friend of Anthony Bourdain. He actually was the first guy who published anything by Anthony Bourdain, and then also helped uh, get the book, his first book, published. So some fascinating stuff about Anthony Bourdain, as well as what went into Get Jiro. And if you're into food, if you're into Oishimbo, we talked about Oishimbo a little, that sort of thing. Um, you want to listen to this and pick up Get Jiro. I've read it; it's awesome. So uh, all the hype is worthy. Um, but additionally, so yeah, so you can go to ifanboy, ifanboy.com on Monday to get that, or go to iTunes and search for ifanboy don't miss and subscribe to the feed. Um, and we also do Talksplode, which uh, has been seems to be coming out every Thursday as we just keep rolling with the content. Uh, this past Thursday, Josh had a enlightening discussion with Gabriel Hardman and Jeff Parker. Uh, and another thing I don't like. No. <laughs> it's a great. This this might be my favorite. Yeah, uh, Gabriel Hardman and Jeff Parker. We're, we're mostly talking about making comics rather than what's coming up in whatever story um and uh, I, I had a ton of fun talked for about an hour and a half show covered all sorts of great stuff uh if you if you're in, if you want to make comics at all of any stripe you need to listen to it probably twice <laughs> and uh this coming thursday you can keep an eye out i'm gonna be talking to uh mike norton of battle pug fame and jamie s rich about their upcoming project uh it girl from image comics picking up a, a character from the mike allred uh madman universe and and running with it so um you know we love norton so it'll be good mike, mike norton draws 47 percent of all comics published he really does it's amazing Did you know that yeah so so yeah so you can get that ifanboy talks below at ifanboy.com or, or look back in the feed uh on this podcast that you're listening to Super. Uh, there's also the Make Comics podcast. So many podcasts in which I talk to uh, editor uh, Andy Schmidt of Comics Experience, and we we go through various topics uh, but that are that are germane to making comics uh, from very uh, different ways, from artists to writers to letters to all sorts of things. Uh, it's a little snippet of stuff. You can make sure to search for the uh, Make Comics feed um, if you want to subscribe to that podcast. Uh, I, I really I, I like that show. I think it's a I think it's really helpful. It is. I enjoy listening to it. So, 
Cool. You can find that show on iFanboy.com as long with Ron's Pick of the Week review and all the great writing that happens every day on iFanboy.com from all of our wonderful writers who are way more talented than we are. You can also go to iFanboy.com slash about to find our social network pages to be our friends online. And you can go to Twitter.com slash iFanboy and Facebook.com slash iFanboy to follow everything going on throughout the day. And you can write to us at contact at ifanboy.com or leave a voicemail at, at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697 with your questions, comments, concerns, discussion topics, recipes. Ooh, recipes. Sports. That's... So for 340 episodes, 339 episodes, we've uh, thanked you for helping to spread the word about iFanboy and asked you to write reviews of this podcast on iTunes. Now take a time and go over and write a review of iFanboy Don't Miss or of the Make Comics podcast. Help people find out about those podcasts. Um, we really appreciate it, and we appreciate everybody who helps spread the word about iFanboy. Everyone posts on Twitter and Facebook about us and that sort of thing. So we really thank you all for that. So, hmm. All right. Well, I get- <laughs> He's just sagging in his chair, Josh. Is that what happened? It was a contented sigh, is what it was. Yeah, it was well, nice. It's it, it's summer. Summer's in swing. Ugh. Right, Josh? How's, really that, how's that fan working out for you? It's not doing what can you? Ugh, it's, it's not doing anything. It's just blowing <laughs> hotter air from into the room. I don't have a shirt on, guys. Listen, that was my skin. Six six years and the hot jokes keep rolling. Until next <laughs> week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. Guys, I'm sorry about my attitude at the beginning. Ready?